How you doing, buddy? How you doing, buddy? Good. We just got back here to the Airbnb. This is part three. This is the palace. <laughs> the, if palace was like pseudo for prison in Mexico, maybe, and, maybe even Guatemala. This place is, they did a really good job with photos. And if that palace was a single wide. <laughs> <laughs> it is a single wide. And it is really nothing against them. They're just, this one, man, they duped us a little. But it's not bad. But it's not the greatest. But it does the job for what we needed it to do for the weekend. Yeah, except I froze my tail off last yeah, night. It was cold. Yeah. Plus, we couldn't figure out where the heat was. Well, so I think you just heard a beer crack over there. That's our buddy Shane Yoakum. How you doing, Shane? Good. How are you guys? Good. So you got here like three, four hours before us. And, you know, you were sitting on the couch in your boxer shorts. And there, I figured you would think to turn the heat on when you got here. But none of us did. And so I wake up at, I don't know, 2 in the morning to go to the bathroom. And, man, my teeth are chattering. It's, it was cold as hell in here. Especially with that walk. I mean, you've got like 60 feet to 100 feet of linear space to traverse. Yeah, I think you guys said I had the master bedroom. Except, I don't know, there's... Like a doily hanging up over the back of the bed. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's the master because it's adjacent to the TV wall. Probably. <laughs> well, at least your bed is about the size of my whole room. So <laughs> Mine looks like your crib. It's yeah. about the same size. Yeah. <laughs> Got the whole side little walls of You're in the nursery. Metal. You're in the nursery. It really is. It's pretty loud. Oh. That's just your headphones. But it's good was, to go. Maybe he wasn't cold because he was busy doing exercises. He wasn't. That's why my clothes weren't on. I was pretty warm. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you guys were gonna be here a little later. Yeah, <laughs> we showed up at the wrong time. Showed up. And he's yeah. like, <laughs> "Hey guys, how you doing? <laughs> just got done running some stretches. Oh boy. Yeah. So All right. So we just we three? just got back from the range. What? Yeah. An hour ago. Uh yeah, a couple hours ago. Uh, we actually we were done a couple hours ago. We went to dinner with the Zanes. Yeah, that was fun. Sushi in Pennsylvania is always Hibachi. a sketchy move, but you know Hibachi what? Sushi. It had 4.5 stars, so we're good. It did have a lot of ratings. Yeah. Um, I don't think they were actually incorrect. They were pretty. It was a pretty good place. Yeah, They're, I'm going to say they might have been off a star, but still, <laughs> it was pretty good. Dollar for va- the value dollars were spread evenly. I would call it three stars. Yeah, four, three and, three four, and a quarter. Not four, three. Three and a quarter. I thought okay. it was a good five. Yeah. Nothing, See, nothing's good enough for you guys. Five single stars. Lights, wow. but Shane, you were, you were in the military, enough. weren't you, Shane? Uh, you know, yeah. You'll give anything five stars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if it's not yelling at you. <laughs> if it doesn't Basically. yell or shoot back. I like this. It, was, it wasn't moving. It's was, it was fairly cooked, you know. What's, and it didn't you know, come out of a little brown olive drab bag that had yeah, its own Yeah, it hasn't been expired for ten years, <laughs> only like a week, so that that's a step. Yeah. So, no, it was fun. We were at the range. We did some truing today. It was a practice day. So, um, you know, what did we spend? About probably three hours shooting, three to maybe four. Yeah, probably. I mean, I think I only sent like 40 rounds total. We got there even before the range opened, which is kind of nice. I mean, I always like to get there before it starts to get crazy. I mean, midday, um, usually the zero boards mostly shot up. All, yeah. the, all the paints off the steel on the targets you want to shoot at. So, um, yeah, this is this is a pretty cool match. It's a tough match. This is our third year shooting it, and um, Drew Drew puts it on war, war rifles. War, war rifles, yeah, yep, war rifles match. Yep. Really, really uh, challenging course of fire. You can expect that. You can expect some 
uh, medium to small targets with a lot of movement in 90 seconds. And he, he almost always makes you deploy on the clock. So um, I do a lot of dry fire practice where I'm deploying the tripod and, and working through five, six positions in 90 seconds so that I can make sure that I'm, I'm ready for this. If I want to deploy a tripod, I can. So I know I know you're a big tripod guy, Shane, right? Yeah. Is that your, I mean, that. what's the reason for that? Who, who uh, drives you to do that? I feel like Francis is not a tripod guy, and I am, and, and I don't know. You're just starting to get uh, out into the pro matches. What what do you like about it? I was bigger into it. I haven't practiced it in quite a while. So we'll see how it goes tomorrow. You anticipate using? I mean, basically, we got uh, to see all the props today, but we didn't get to play on any of them. So, I mean, based there's on... A, yep, look, but don't touch. Probably one or two that I'm definitely going to. After that, I might just try to bag it. So which which uh, stages or props were you thinking about? I would say probably all the benches. <laughs> all the benches. All the prone stages. I'm going to try pod rear it because yeah. who needs a, a bag, rear bag? It's, yeah. it's, you might as well. You just might as well you know, use a tripod. But probably the Kestrel one. Yeah, I've shot that barricade many times. It's only five positions, two targets. It's one target it distance. One target? Oh, one, one target distance, so even better. Yep. yep. That one. There's also one that's a mover off of a barricade. That one looks good. That one, I'll probably use one. Yeah, if we can set up a tack table, that's probably yeah, a good scenario. Yeah, if we scenario. can find something ready-made, that'd be good. Also, the this one, it's called Pump Cage, yet. Stage 6. That one, maybe. I don't know. That's that super tight one. I don't know. There's one. a lot more movement than that's I That's the one that looked like a shark of. cage. I don't Pump think cage. we're getting in there with a tripod. No. Especially if we have to get in the thing well it says we do right i um go depends on how somebody else decides on top, to the top bar to interpret yeah, that so one. uh instructed by the RO, remove their chamber flag with the bolt back you will insert your loaded mag upon the signal shooter will go into the cage so take it basically position on top of, right. on the top bar and fire one round at each target shooter will then transition to the next three bars down doing the same firing sequence it's 12 rounds 90 seconds a 400, 500, and a 600 yarder. So to describe that prop, it, to me it looked like a telephone booth size, like a small footprint, but it looked tall. Like a shark tank. Yeah, dunk, but, a but dunk really tank. narrow. Really small. Yeah. yeah. So almost the footprint of like an old school telephone booth, and then um, combine that with a shark tank. <laughs> yeah, only and, way beefier. Yeah. So Not it's definitely gonna be a sturdy tanks, prop. But it's got I'd, like two inch, man, yeah, two inch angle. So yeah. I, it, it's almost like a doghouse. Like with two by four supports in the windows, so in that close, yeah, it'll be like a doghouse stage. Yeah, but Nate's doghouse is way bigger than that thing. I think so too. Yeah, it's a lot wider. This is this cage is quite narrow. And the other thing I notice about it is it's not on level ground. The yeah. horizontal supports are not level, so you're definitely gonna you know need to make sure that your rifle is. You're supported can. and can you know, and that's you know, a big thing that i noticed today all day i had my level on and i remember i didn't have it on for the first few shots at the zero board i didn't have it on for the first couple dry fires out just distance targets and i remember let me think to see what it would be to get level i tried getting it level then i left the rifle where i thought it was perfectly level got my level put it on carefully turned it on it was not even, not close. even close to level i mean it was so deceiving with the the entire shooting line is sort of in a big u shape and i mean that like vertically if you're looking from the back or from the front it's high, low in the middle, and then high again. It's constantly angled. It's both angled, like call it left to right. It's also front to back. You have like your sloped kind of downhill 
usually your you know your feet are above your head on most places and there were a couple where it was kind of flat but the terrain around you is seven eight hundred foot elevation so you can't get a quite a good uh, justification or a good uh, idea of what actually is level not yeah. only to your straight out but also to the left and right it was kind of a you know you need a lot of bipod at this match, I noticed, from last year. A lot more than I remember. So you're talking yeah. about level. So are you a type of guy that, um, you you said you didn't have it on at the beginning. Do you have it on most of the time? Oh, yeah, it's all it's always on. Once it goes on, it stays on. It never comes off, and it never turns off Yeah. So the end you, of the day. So you're a proponent of having an onboard level on your rifle. 100%. Just, just to be clear. 100%. Okay. How about you, Shane? <laughs> yes, definitely. All right, me too. So I run the send it level. How about you? Send it. Send it? Yep, send okay, it. Okay, so we're all running the send it. Um, and What uh, sensitivity? I, I was just going to ask. So um, for those listening, it definitely has five different levels, I think, of sensitivity. Um, I, I run it on the middle level of sensitivity because... Um, three. Yeah, because... One through five. One through five. So I run it on the middle, which is three. Five being the most, one being least. And I put... Um, I put a level, like a digital level that I had on top of my scope one time and, and tested the sensitivity of the third or medium level, and it's about plus or minus a half a degree. Does that sound like what you remember? Yeah, I think it is. It's 0. 0.6, 0. 0.4, if I remember correctly. If you go from 3, 4, like setting 3, 4, and 5, it's it goes 0. 0.6, so it's plus or minus 1 degree on setting 1. I could be wrong, but I, I have to look this up. But I think it was 1 degree, 0. 0.8, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.4, 0. 0.2. Okay, so that sounds about right. I remember measuring it at right around half a degree. Yeah on the um the third setting and if you do the math on that and you take that out to range um you know in the thousand yard range i mean that's good enough for what we do in my opinion and what i found was when i put it on the sensitivity four which is like you're saying that 0.4 degree or or less um i spent more time agonizing over getting my rifle level than uh, i ended up wasting more time and then i left less time for my trigger press and follow through and everything else it requires on the stage um and also, there was like this level of anxiety that my level was not green. Yeah, that's the OCD part. <laughs> yeah, so I find that I tried it on um, the fourth level, which is like I said, in that 0.4 degrees, and it just it didn't benefit me at all. So I put it back to the three, and I can get it level really fast. It stays green the whole time, you know, until you shoot. And I, personally, that's my preference. But if I'm doing, you know, low development or, or you know, check in my rifle or whatever, I'll, I'll turn it up just temporarily to that fifth setting and, and make it like plus or minus 0.2 and then turn it back off. So I don't yeah. know what your thoughts were on that. What, what setting do you run? I run four. And okay. when I started, actually, I had just used it to check a level on a gun and a reticle, and it was on five. And I'm like, man, I am really struggling to get this yeah. thing level. 0.2 is hard. I mean, unless you are in perfect, perfect, even just the flex in your bipod and chassis, is enough to make it go unlevel. Where if you let go, it goes green. You just flex it a little, it's red. Flex it, it's blue. Flex it, it's red. And that's really sensitive. But I was running it on four. I do think it is a little sensitive, but I don't mind it because let's just say I know it's green. And if I see it flicker, green, one red, green, one blue, I'm probably going to send the shot. Like I know that I'm within less than you know half a degree of where I need to be. Um, and more often than not, I'm dead square. I don't yeah, want to know so, that I'm not. So um, I agree with that. And that just like I said, favorite. I've tried it on four. Uh, it to is. me, it's it's as long as you're okay with seeing it flicker, um, 
from green a little bit and know that that's just as good as if you were on setting three and it was solid green. I mean, there's no big difference. So, no. And the other, I mean, I used to use a lot of analogs and you know bubble levels, spirit levels, etc. And those are um, those are also really nice. I mean, they have a because of the transition, and this may be something you have to. For, I noticed just to describe the difference, at least to my brain, the spirit levels are a fluid transition. When yeah. you start them moving, you can kind of know when it's going to stop. And you can just stop the rifle, and it settles exactly where you think it's going to. And you can learn that sort of rate of movement. The send it is just wrong, 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 better, done. Yeah. And and you go too fast, and you go the other way, and you can overdo it. So you have to learn that process, but it's much more granular, and you get um, there's not as much feedback between the settings, but there is you are on it when you're on it. Yeah, and. It's not like we're trying to sell you Ascended Level here, um, by no means. No, I mean, we have no affiliation with them. Um, but the other factor is that it screams in your face. Like, when you have it on that brightest setting, even on a sunny day, um, as long as you have your left eye open, it is, uh, it's hard to ignore, we'll say. Yeah. So and I know there's, I mean, there's some other people um, that use, that don't, they, let's say don't subscribe, subscribe to the idea that a level is requisite for our sport. Um I don't know what to tell them other than, or what to, how to, I would respond to that short of it's physics. You can't something to the left hard. You can't something to the right hard. Um, you're going to get misses left and right and think it's wind when it's not. And if you're dead plum or you're, you think your eye can, today was a perfect example. I thought I was dead square to the target. I tried to level off to three or four targets, check the level and it was not level. I mean, just despite my eye, and I did that at a couple of other flat ranges, and it was it was actually fine once I saw more horizon. Just our targets were so far from the horizon. Yeah, my point is, what does it hurt? Yeah, it's there. <laughs> Especially if it's screaming in your face, like, what does it hurt? Yeah, to... if you can still pull off a part-time, yeah. and you have time to spare, which I know that's not my problem. I have plenty of time to spare. I mean, I, I can take a second to do that. Yeah, in my shot process, the level is is kind of the thing where, as I'm settling the rifle into the bag... I'm looking at the level. I might yep. not even be on the rifle yet. I'm settling it because when I settle the rifle and it's level, it's very hard for it to not be level anymore once I've gotten behind it, if that makes sense. So, yeah, um, I, I just, it it's one of those things where, like, why not? Yeah. What about yeah. you, Shane? What setting? I didn't even know there were settings. So yeah. that's new so to me. So he shoots three. Yeah, so it comes with, <laughs> a, it, it comes, comes on setting three. It comes on setting three, yeah. I feel like it has an excessive amount of, acceptable of, level yeah yep. like quite a bit at three if that's what i'm at i got the cheapest one because i'm poor yeah but the, i didn't know that had settings they're all the same they're internals. all the same yeah okay yeah one just has a spirit level built in the other yeah. one doesn't and then one's then, reversible it can go lefty righty yeah and get the different mounts and stuff and yeah so you have it on three okay and you could so go to three. four I, we can show you how to do that. It's pretty yeah, easy. you're gonna have to show me how to do. Yeah, that. we'll put it on five. So I can well, the good with. news is like the the level itself comes with an instruction booklet, and it's the size of a business card, Shane. That's and all you have to do is read it. You open it. It says like, instructions. Yeah, and it's so gone. <laughs> that's the only thing it says is like this is the battery, and here's how you change the settings. Like, Actually, it's three I, I saved the box. I have it. It's somewhere. It's still the in the box. He opens the box. What is I, this I business card that says instructions? Well, they use really fancy packing. Yeah. It is really is nice. I, I, can, I can picture the uh, manual in my head. Yeah. I just didn't read it. I can so tell. So we'll find out. <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, let's talk to Shane for a second about his last season and the fact that he finished 
bomber run in fourth place. That was pretty epic. Yeah. How many pro matches have you shot? Uh, that one would have been my fourth match. Fourth pro match. Fourth pro match. Shot three last year. Kinda. But yeah, three or two and a half. And uh, yeah, <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Fourth, wait a minute. Wait, you guys, have, some, you guys have something in common. I noticed. Oh, yeah, you shot a half a match. What happened there? Yeah, Let's talk about that match. one first. But at least it wasn't the finale. So I. I oh. oh! So. God, coming off the last episode, that's hurtful. Yeah. It, well, Sorry, it's okay. Bro. We had to own it every day. All right, so so let's but let's to that talk point, about that. I think I was the one that called you on the one at MTC. It's yeah, a, you did. Yeah, you kept yeah. me honest, it's and a, everybody else has. So that's good. It's a learning experience. So, so what happened there? Uh, the the DQ. Oh yeah. So it was at the uh, Great Lakes PRC. You know, at least it was close to home. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> didn't have <laughs> far to stage. drive. Yeah. yeah, at least I didn't have yeah. far to go home, so I could make. I still mowed the lawn, I think. But uh, I was on the bus. And I was at the seat right behind the driver's seat. So we were using the windows as front support and then using the top of like the bus seats as our rear support. So I was pushed up against that. I go to... I, up against I, the driver's seat. Up against the driver's seat. It's yep, the which tall is, ones that to almost touch the ceiling is if you've got like a six foot nine driver. That's yeah. one of those. And it was pushed <laughs> all the way back against the seat. Yeah, so they were, they, were, they were touching each other and it was leaning kind of over it. So we, we knew it would have been tight. So I skipped that one thinking that I wouldn't even make it to it. But I, you know, I cleaned all the other four seats. And so that was the fifth. I get over there. I go to close the bolt. And my middle finger just swiped the trigger as I closed the bolt and was going back to grab the grip and get on and just let one go. So at least I was mostly on target. Yeah, it was it was one of those it that was, I watched it happen and I was like, oh no, I didn't I didn't want to see that. And then there was two guys before you, uh, one of our other buddies, and he started in that position. And when he would run his bolt, the brass was like jumping out of his chamber like an inch, and then it would bounce off yeah, the seat hop, and come right, right back in. <laughs> right back in. I'm like, well, note to self, like I'm definitely gonna skip that state that um, position. Number one, because, you know, I might time out anyway. I think it was 75-second part-times, right? It was oh, tight. yeah. Yeah, it was 75-second yeah. part-times. So you had to shoot five positions, and it was a KYL. So you could either choose to shoot that position first and hastily hit the big target, uh, or you could just leave it to the end knowing you were going to run out of time anyway and, you know, not have to shoot at the small target from, from that position because you're going to run out of time. So I just chose to get my eight hits on that one and um, – you know that that worked out okay. I think you yeah, did. I did the same. Yeah, I think you and did. I think I came similar. back to the beginning, got into position, and nah. Yeah, I got into position in that one, and a time the timer went yeah. off. Yeah, I wish the timer would have went off. Yeah, that would have been <laughs> awesome because you were shooting really yeah, well. I was too, yeah, I was clean up to that point at that, at that stage. Yeah, but yeah, and I was doing pretty good on the match. So yeah, that was kind of disappointing. But and then you but shot you Barrel Maker, it. I think. Yeah, Barrel Maker was my first match. I think I finished 11th in that. That was my, well, not my first match. First pro match. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and then I shot the gap grind that year. Awesome. How was the gap grind? I haven't shot that yet. It was pretty fun. Yeah. yeah it wasn't bad. I went with uh, a uh, Philip Milojevic from Wisconsin. Never met him before that point. Just Ken said he was a great guy. And I was like, cool. Works for me. And that was, that was a good time. We did all right. He did really good on day two, and I did really bad. So that kind of hurt us. <laughs> It happens. Oh, sorry, yeah. he was. He, sorry, Phil. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, he shot in our squad at Bomber Run. He, yeah. he was he was super fun guy. Yeah, yeah. it was pumped actually because he had uh, he had pulled. Well, the story for that remember he had issues day one. He was really struggling. We noticed his head was really cocked to the right, and it looked like. I mean, love you, man. It was awesome shooting with you. But you know, from the rear looking at your head, we all wondered. Is he going to be able to unkink his neck after he comes off the rifle? I mean, it was it was so difficult and painful to watch, and we were like, I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe he has some reason for doing that, and we don't know about. It. Well, come around to day two, like I had to ask. I'm like, hey, is there is there a reason that you you've got it cranked up that high and your head's cam that over? Yeah, I can't. Otherwise, I can't see the scope. What do you mean? And he's <laughs> like, this is as low as it goes. And so we yanked his cheek piece off. Because of the chassis he was using and the scope rings and all that, he just physically couldn't get to the scope otherwise. Um, so we pulled it off, and all of a sudden, man, it was like a night and day difference. And I think he started getting eights and nines after that. Oh yeah, day two it was like he was doing twice as good as day yeah. one. That was cool. And it then, was really cool. It was great to see him improve. And then he's improving this year too. I guess he's he was at yeah. Bomber Run and he was doing pretty good. Yeah, he was. He, he wasn't. The yeah. first thing he said when he saw us was that cheek piece was awesome. And he has a whole new chassis. <laughs> yeah. It's set up just for him, and he's uh, he's rocking. And he was like, "Yeah, that was great." So I'm uh, thanks for thanks for working with him, man. It was really cool. Oh yeah, so, it, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, r- rifle setup and ergonomics are huge to establish proper MPA. I mean, you have to have that set up for you. So uh, maybe we can segue that into something that we're, we're obviously we just talked about. Like we're training for a match here. We did our train up today. And, uh, and truing and truing, yeah. You know, I've, I've always, rifle setup is something that I sort of took for granted for a long time in the sense that I did it, I learned how to do it, I thought, got it set up for me, and then just leave it there. And every rifle you build, this is how you do it, this is what you do. But I've never really thought that as your technique changes, as you learn and as you grow and as you start doing new things and you start becoming more consistent. Have you guys reevaluated your rifle setup to make sure it's exactly what you need to have it be for you as a shooter now? Like, I know, Chad, like, you've been doing this for three years. I've been doing it for three years. I would have set my rifle up differently three years ago than I would have today. And I actually did. I actually made some changes to my MPA and my length of pull. Um, and those two things, length of pull, hand positions, scope position, cheek position, like, all of that's been changing for me just because I noticed that I'm shooting differently now in a more consistent way. So I set it up more consistently for the way I shoot the most. Yeah, I would say I have a few few major differences to when I used to set it up. Uh, my length of pull philosophy is still pretty similar, although I usually take away about three-eighths to half of an inch of what I used to run. So I'm a little bit shorter on the length of pull, and that's mainly for um, those positional stages where I'm more, my body is more erect and, you know, I'm dress, addressing the rifle differently. Yep. Uh, the second thing is the grip. Um, so I came up with a grip that is, uh, very far forward. It's in line with the trigger. And actually I think Shane's running something very similar that he asked me to put together something and work back and forth. Um, you've been liking that, I oh, assume, yeah. cause that's yep. still on, on your matrix. rifle. Yep. And then, um, the third thing is I took my cheek piece, uh, cheek riser, and just slammed, slammed it down it. to the ground. Um, the same thing. And mainly that's because if you have a really heavy cheek weld, um, even from the prone position, you can push that buttstock down under recoil, but more so from the positional type shooting. Um, if you've got a lot of cheek pressure, 
uh, after recoil, then you can get a lot of elevation variation. And that's just what we've experienced on paper. Yeah. And that's exactly why I wanted to bring this up because we spent the day truing today. And, you know, as I'm watching people shoot across the line, as I'm watching us shoot and we're going through our data, you know, I wonder after making some of the changes I've made, even just the last two months, three months, how much of the data and the truing that I spent doing where I'm like, oh, I'm a 10th high or I'm a 10th low or was actually due to a small NPA, to a small uh, positional error or a stacking error that was causing an issue downrange that I attributed to, oh, my ballistic's off, my dope's off. I got to true it. And then you come back to the match, and I'm asking me, you know, we didn't have a perfect day truing today. Like, normally, I would say 80% of the time, I go to the range, hey, see everybody, high fives, bang, 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 five rounds at zero, 1,000 yards, 500 yards, okay, I'm done, let's go work on props. And that's maybe 10 rounds. And now I go work on props and do other stuff. Today wasn't that. Well, what, what happened today? Uh, today was more of, like, Zero was good. It took 10 rounds, and it was, okay, it's it's close to where it needs to be. It may be a 10th low, but it's one hole. It's exactly how I'd like it. But I went out to distance, and I was uh, a little bit, first I was a little high, then I was a little low, then I was a little high. I was using two different types of ammo, though. But when I ended up shooting you know, my match ammo, I was actually hitting a little low, at least I thought so. Then I came into 700 yards, and I was hitting high. Then I came into 400 yards, and I was hitting low. And that's not something I'm used to seeing. I mean, it wasn't by much, a tenth, tenth and a half low at 600 yards, 500 to 600, 770, almost 800 yards. I was a tenth to almost two tenths high. And then at a thousand yards, I was just a tenth low. And my thought would be range estimation error. But once we got off, and this is where it was kind of unique, I, I'm like, let's just back up. Let's just keep shooting the rifle and see where it settles in. It had just been cleaned and it's only 20, 30 rounds in at 30 rounds. I'm on the tripod. And then we went to the truing bars and all those. And my rounds are just stacking on top of one another. My point being, I could have chased it at any point across that data, uh, kept shooting it, and then went to the end. We cleaned our chambers real quick and refouled. Then we went out to 700 and something again, and I was a tenth and a half high. Checked my muzzle velocity, and sure enough, it lined up exactly with what I needed for a solution just by muzzle velocity truing. Um, and then some of that would obviously be you know positional error. It's not... Prone is at this match because of the ground. I don't think prone is actually the best way to true. If you, the tripod was more consistent. Yeah. Well, I want to circle back to what you did to actually true. If you need to true, what what the best method is for truing. But I think we should dwell on the point you made where you said that in this environment, this match, prone is not the best way to true or you know know where your point of impact is. Just to restate or re-say that in a different yeah, way. Yeah. Um, this terrain was very soft, extremely soft. And Chad oh. was shooting, and it was noticeably that he was adjusting his bipod. I was struggling to get my bipod to stay in the same place. It was settling post-shot. Same thing on targets when I was out at distance. That's That can translate to subsequent shots. Yeah, and it's uh, this place, just to describe it, is, I think it's an old coal mine. It I looks think. like a quarry of some yeah, sort. Yeah, some type of a quarry of coal mine. And so there's there's a mixture of like large rocks, and then there's super soft... like findings from you know yeah. grinding or, or milling or whatever of, of stone like so eraser chunks of rock or yeah. smaller so it's difficult because the it's a downhill lie on most of it so you need your bipod really high and then the ground is soft so every shot you're sinking down into the ground yep. and then um you know 
any number of things could be wrong. You know, when I hear people uh, say that their data doesn't line up, um, aside from what you just described to me, I think parallax initially. I think that their parallax isn't set properly. And now I know you, and that wasn't the the case. But um, that's one thing that if you're if you're not checking your parallax diligently at 100 yards, and your zero is shifting because you didn't have your parallax set right, that's not going to be good for you to go out and true your data and adjust it however means you feel is the proper way to true your rifle because you, your zero is wrong or your parallax is set for 40, you know, 100 yards and you're shooting 500 yards. Yeah. You're not going to get a good result. And now you're taking your whole, you know, ballistic curve and you're shifting it based on incorrect inputs. Yeah. I think my point is, and I, I mean, well, before I go into like the point on this one, I would just keep going around like, Shane, did your dope line up all day? Was it spot yeah, on? My elevation was spot on the whole time. I was just figuring out the wind there. And after that, it seemed to be perfect. What are you using for a ballistic solver? Uh, AB. Okay. Like my Kestrel, Kestrel 5700? Yep. Okay. 5700. So I think we're all using the same thing. And I, we're, we're both using PDMs. Are you using PDM? Yep, okay. PDM. Yep. I'm using a PDM for an old barrel. Okay. Different barrel. Just so I know it's close. Uh, it's a lot like a CDM. Or, well, it's the same steel, the same gunsmith, the same yeah. manufacturer, the same they rifle. The same speed, same barrel, yeah. same bullet, same powder, same case, same everything. It's just this yeah. is a different actual barrel. Um, and there are some small differences, but and I may have seen a couple of them at like 1,200, but honestly not enough where I'm worried about it. So, yeah. I've had the same experience where I've been able to use the same PDM across multiple barrels. Yeah. Just don't do it if your bore size is tighter. Yeah. <laughs> it increases your BC actually. If that is what increased my BC, it went up a decent amount, a noticeable amount to change something. Okay. So good to know. Yeah, I'd have to check in that. Was yeah. that from the bomber run? Yeah. It's that. So last year I had I got like two or three PDMs out of the same, well, same barrel, a couple different lots of Burger 109s. But I was averaging about like a 292 to 290. It's about 292, 293. I don't even think I made up to 295. And then this one was 299. That was what my last year's lots were. They're were all 299. 297, okay. 298, 299. Okay. Maybe it is the bullets then. Maybe I'm getting up to, because now I'm just finally getting to like 20, lot 2768 or something in the 2700 range. I don't even follow my numbers. I just know I have a bunch of them. Okay. A lot of last year's were like, the end of the year was twenty nine hundred and twenty nine fifteen were the okay. last lots I bought. So I'm I'm in the early year of that. But that seems about reasonable. I mean two ninety two is on the box and you know yep. you're in the two ninety, two ninety two, nick two ninety four range versus two ninety six, ninety eight. That's that's within all margin of error that I would expect anyway, at least from what I've seen. Yeah. Um but that said, the uh, so yeah, we all use the same solver. I think the, you know, the driving forces, you know, Chad, did your dope line up all day? I know it seemed like you had some things you had to fix. At least, you know, we were questioning what caused it. I think you made a zero change, right, at one point. Yeah, I, I made a tenth zero correction um, or a zero sh um, slip my turrets a, a tenth. And then after that, you know, I was, so I slipped it down and I was a half a tenth to a tenth low. So yeah. um, it could have just been the downhill lie, the... Um, the terrain, the, the fact that I was sinking down on the ground. I'm not exactly sure what it was, but uh, by the end of the day, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that I'm point of aim, point of impact. So my, my dope, though, throughout the course of it, it wasn't necessarily that it wasn't lining up. 
um, at different points, it was it was definitely an offset issue. They yeah. were it was the same gap at all distances, so it was a it was a zero offset. Yeah, I think the I mean the reason this seems important to me is we're all pretty at least experienced shooters, and I think we've all we still like today was not a perfect day by any means up through the first part of the day. It's easy to send a lot of rounds and start, let's say, make a one-round decision or a two- or three-round decision and then chase your tail as you go around the rest of the range. And by the end of it, you, you're no closer to a solution. Well, these are these rifles are not laser beams. They have a cone, no. of, they have a cone of fire. So yep. if I see something that's a tenth low, I'm going to send a few more. And then, you know, it, usually it comes right my group center comes right back up i mean how many times have you been shooting paper at 100 yards and you have something that's you know a half a tenth or a tenth low in your group half a tenth or a tenth high in your group you know those types of things yeah those types of things should not freak you out and they also shouldn't make you try to go into your ballistic solver and make it say what you just shot or what you just saw because there's so many different ways that that could have not been exactly what you planned. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, to say it a different way, I mean, Chad and I, I mean, Shane, you and I and Chad all know our data really well. Um, we all know our, our data and our solvers and our solutions really well. But we're also, we're smart enough to know, hey, this is probably not something. I, I don't want to make a rash decision quickly. I'm going to get more data before I make an assessment. In other words, I need to, I know that I don't know what's actually causing this. So I'm just going to slowly gather more information before I find, you know, call it measure once and, you know, cut three times is the wrong way to approach this solution, right? Yeah. Measure four, five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 times, make one perfect cut. And in this case, that's the better part of Valor because you have conditions that are changing. So if you take accurate inputs on your just double check all your solutions, all your inputs, and make sure those are all lining up. And then from there, you're going to go, let's check five, let's check seven, let's check one or a thousand um, or eight and a thousand, something like that, right down where you're at. You have to know that if you're plus, you say you're low, high, low, like I was, or high, low, high, which makes no sense. Those are that one specifically, I would go, yeah, it's probably something positional. Either you, you are actually high, high and high and you tuck to one low because of range error, but there's enough to say you you want to make sure your decisions are based on the right inputs. So with enough with enough spots, enough rounds on target, I think you can make better decisions to support, you know, slipping your turret, to support changing your muzzle velocity, to support changing a BC. I I really wish more people would just change their muzzle velocity. Or you could just be like Shane and have everything line up from the just, beginning. Yeah, do it when you get here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, too many times where I've slipped my turret one tenth in the morning, shot all day, been why am I that, that same, same amount, tenth, the wrong direction, the wrong direction, and then just went and re-zeroed at the end of the day and looked. Oh, hey, it's right back to where it normally is ninety-five percent of the time. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's happened to me. It happened to me at the AG Cup. So yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a tough decision to make. If you shoot ten rounds and they're all two tenths from where you aimed, that's a tough decision to make. That's yeah, right. It's two tenths. I would rather be a mill off than two tenths uh, yeah. off. Yeah, it's a tough decision to make. So, um, it it's it's smart to at least log that in your memory or on paper and say, hey, if if I slip my turret down a tenth or two. Um, like I personally did today, um, and I miss targets, it's probably because I'm low. Or if I can't see where I'm impacting and I ended up slipping one, 
off the target, it's probably because it was low. So, um, like I said, it happened to me at the AG Cup, and you know, luckily I, I saw what happened and, and made the correction, and it didn't hurt me. But um, it happens quite a bit where people make corrections um, and they don't have enough data to to prove it. You know, it's just it's. I don't know what else to say about yeah. it. You said it pretty well, so. You want anything to add, Shane? Good. No. Okay. Because um, his stuff, because <laughs> his stuff lined up. His lined up. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm perfect. So yeah, I yeah. So, we, know. I so we talked. You about, went to the Carhartt store. We t- yeah. we talked about your um, your half a match, your half a pro match, but we didn't really touch on on the bomber run too much. I mean, that was a pretty awesome day weekend. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So you you got to bring home some steel, fourth place. Um, oh, heavy. St- that thing is like 15 pounds. Is it solid? Pounds. Is it solid? It's full of concrete. It's <laughs> 15 pounds. That mortar round is, that's not a mortar it's round. It's like it's... a Russian, so it's a Russian anti-air like flak round from some like anti-air cannon. Did he tell you how he even got those? Where, where can I you don't get those? even know. I'm sure he bought them on eBay. Yeah. Are they replicas? Awesome. Or are they real? They're like, dummied I mean, rounds. So dummy. I'm sure it was like a spent case and then they made some bullet they, that they put in there and it's full of cement. I would I would assume the bullet is some. So it's heavy. It's yeah. It's full of concrete. So it's, it's like pounds. having two schmediums in your pack. I know because I have two schmediums in my pack right yeah, now. Yeah, it's it's like that. It, it's bowing my shelf. So a I can bit. give those to you. <laughs> you need to reinforce yeah. it because it's not going to be the last one you grab. Yeah. yeah. So what what are the three things that you're going to take away from that match that you're going to use at this match? Oh Lord. Uh, you're welcome. Yeah. Three things. Uh, definitely believing the bullet and not changing your wind unless you really see something different or change uh, change the angle or something. But in other words, it's staying roughly constant yeah. or close to where it was, and you're in some bracket, and you're going to stay in that bracket until you have something outside of it. Yeah, stay in that bracket. Stay in your lane until you're told to get the hell over. More yes. or less. More or less. Okay. Uh. That was one. Don't, yeah. <laughs> We're putting him on the not, spot here. Not going he to rush, no idea rush bad shots. Too many of them, I just broke bad shot. It should not happen. You can't do that. You can't. No. It, there's too much of that, and it's not good. You think that cost you the match? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. So how many shots did you drop on day two? Oh, shoot. Fifteen? <laughs> uh, I, I think it was like 18... Or 19. And I'm sure you remember how many you dropped 18, on day I one. I think day one was like 20. Wow. That's less than, or more than I was expecting you to say. Yeah. It yeah was, likewise. Because yeah. I think I dropped 18 on day two. Oh, man. If I dropped less than 50, I'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Personally. Yeah. Chad dropped match. 20 in Dude, two I dropped, stages. I dropped, stages? not not two, but yes, I dropped 10 on the first <laughs> stage, yeah. Yeah, how many points was that stage? Zeroed my first stage in multiple years, so yeah, it was, it was a heck of a weekend for me, yeah, there was... But you got your S together after that? Yeah, um, well, it took me a few stages, but yeah. Um, you can you can put a whiteboard up there and I can write a bunch of excuses down on there, and uh, they would, they would be just do. that, so... <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely brought home some learning points from that match. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hopefully going to translate them to this weekend because the weather on Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, is going to be pretty Smart. wicked here too. Yeah, it's going to be cold. Not as cold, but um, if it has some It'll precipitation. Be like Sunday. 
Yeah. I think it'll be more like Sunday here all yeah. weekend. Just cold enough to be not fun. Well, but fun. Yeah. We're going to have put fun. some more fat on like me. I I was warm. <laughs> I was <laughs> stripping down on Sunday there. Well, it did make it up to So you made 60s. two points. What was your third? Oh, shoot. Nothing. I'm perfect. No. <laughs> I, I <can't. laughs> Oh, boy. Well, I guess we'll see how it goes this weekend. Yeah, so I better live up to being perfect. Yeah, you're going to clean it. <laughs> yeah. I can see it. You're going to clean it. Uh, no, I think that's a... Uh, yeah, that's a really awesome match. Um, and I, I know you were super pumped coming back from that. And obviously, it was a great performance both days. Yeah, that great so. that range is pretty great. It's pretty cool. Wide open. You can definitely, it's a great one for learning wind. Yeah. You know, there's not weird terrain that's going to, not too much. There, there is kind of, there's a couple little hills ish, but nothing really that's going to mess with your, mess with the wind too much. Yeah, what the, what you feel at the shooter is pretty similar to what the bullet's feeling yep, know, all the they, way through its path. Yeah. You just have to and figure then, out how much less to use. Yeah, and the nice thing was, too, is wide open, so you can turn your binos and look, you know, and to where the mirage turns to a boil, and then you know the exact wind direction. Yeah. yeah. We well, were shooting, it was, you'd shoot, the targets were spread over, like, 180 degrees. So you did change angle a lot, but as long as you figured out that angle change and then change your call off that and kind of had that figured out, it wasn't too bad for yeah. wind. Yeah, so. It wasn't horrible. It was fun. Um, so to wrap this one up, I, I don't think we really even talked about how to true, but I think you touched on it. Yeah, briefly. You're, I mean, really just, I think the point was, you know, maybe we should cover that some other time because I, I don't want to tell people in this one how to true because there's a lot of variables that go into that. And I don't think it's something worthy of, you know, trying to shortcut into to this, this and this. Um, cool. But I do think there's one other thing we should touch on before we go that was kind of cool. You know, how you make use of this was a curveball that maybe I think we all, well, now we can recognize it. We got there, and we sort of expected to be able to shoot off props. No props. We had to shoot only belly. Yeah, I remember that from we, last year. What did we do? Yeah, but I was I forgot about that. Yeah. So we were kind of creative in that, and that I wanted some positional practice. So what did we do? Grab a tripod. Yeah, we shot off the top of a tripod, not linked in, just bag on top as if that is your prop, uh, and use the same thing. And honestly, that was great. I felt like I was hammering as soon as I went to the quote positional style work everything felt more normal because we weren't even technically supposed to be shooting off of i mean it said no props so it means no benches no nothing i know there were some guys using the benches there i mean i'll let drew figure that one out but i mean it is what it is um but the props themselves yeah we stayed off of them so instead we just got creative and used tripods you know i think the point of that is you may be told oh this is it so okay so i can zero and then i can shoot off of the ground don't waste all your rounds off the ground if you're going to shoot 90% off your belly or yeah. off the ground. You're going to shoot 90% off a tripod or off a prop. So just get on your tripod. Use that as your prop. Find a way to get creative. Um, well, it's been a long time since I've seen this, but that reminds me of something I saw at Big Dog um, at Thunder Valley. I think it was 2019 or something. Um, and it was Keith Baker. He, he rolled up to the match with um, this metal sawhorse that he got at Home Depot, and it all folds. The legs fold up into it. And it was a tight little package. I mean, it was like you were carrying a four by four that was, you know, three and a half feet long. Yeah. And then you take that out and you fold the legs down and he had a little uh, two by four simulated barricade he threw on the top of it. And I thought that was an awesome idea. You could take that to a lot of matches. We don't. Um, and I actually I bought that. Two of those. Yeah. I bought that thing. <laughs> yeah. And 
Um, right after I saw that and I never did anything with it, I use it out for dry firing and stuff, but I don't take it to ranges because, like you said, most most of these matches will allow you to shoot off the props and um, unless it's, I don't know, like a big match or something. But um, I, I thought that was a great idea, and you guys can do that too if you want. If you got a pickup truck and you have that barricade and you can bring something with you, even just a sawhorse gives you another option. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so point simply being, even if you're, if you don't have a way of getting creative, get creative. Whether you can't use a prop, go find a rock that's 150 yards back, carry it over, and shoot off the rock. <laughs> I'm not doing like, that. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? Shoot off your pack. Do something to yeah, get that's not a bad to idea. get a, uh, away from. I'm just shooting off of prone because again, I think I learned more as soon as we went to more tra- like non feet above your head like soft ground feet above the head kind of uncomfortable prone i learned way more as soon as i went onto the tripod it felt more normal more natural and that's where i think we were like okay we're gonna call this one quits as we're shooting a 33 percent at 700 yards by as the gunner yeah i think i hit the head head. head at like 600 yards or something i'm like all right let's get the heck out of here yeah exactly (laughs) call it a day well speaking of getting the heck out of here uh i think it's time for another beer yep let's do this all right guys Good luck tomorrow. Have her down. See you.